this is Dominic, wedding DJ. And this is Serena, wedding planner. And together we are the, the wedding, wedding duo. duo. We are here to talk all things weddings. Planning a wedding can be stressful, but we are here to help. So before you say, that's it, we're going to Vegas, don't go to Vegas. Let's have some fun. Join us as we answer your wedding questions and help navigate planning one of the biggest days of your life with The The Wedding Wedding Duo. Duo. Hello, and we are back again. Here we are, The Wedding Duo Podcast, and we are back. We are sorry we missed a week. We were off for a little illness, so uh, we're back again, though, back at it, and we're excited to be here. We decided hacking all over the microphones and having to edit out all the coughing and wheezing was not yeah not advantageous to the podcast. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Didn't add anything. Yeah. So if you've been listening this whole time to our journey as podcasters, we just wanted to take a quick second to say thank you. We just reached 5,000 downloads on our nine episodes. We and we did. <laughs> I did not even realize that. Yeah. And so we're just thrilled that y'all are enjoying the podcast, that you are liking what you're hearing, we hope. Um, And we have a lot more to come, a lot more guests we're planning on. But today we're going to talk about something that is super important to everyone. The most important factor when you're trying to plan this thing. And that is the almighty budget, Budget. the B word, the budget. Yes. So the budget is a factor when deciding a lot of things, obviously where you're going to have the event and when you're going to have the event and if you're going to have the event, um, it it drives the train uh, quite arguably the most out of everything for all these decisions. One of the most important things you can do is set a budget very early on. So it's really helpful if you get yourself organized and you figure out how much you can, and how much you want to spend on your wedding as a whole and then in different categories. Yeah, because you'll find a lot of things that say, here's what percentage of your budget should go towards your meal, towards your flowers, towards your vendors. And that is not going to be the same for everybody. I don't even really care for those as much because if you're really into the food and you really want to have this three-course plated meal, that is going to take up a bigger portion than if somebody just wants to do a buffet and they don't really care. They can say, I, I want to dance. They, they can have peanut butter and jelly. I want to get to the dance floor, right? right? Uh, or maybe you're really into floral and you want to have these beautiful floral arrangements everywhere. That's going to take up more of your budget than somebody that's like, I want a minimal yes, minimal centerpiece and just like spend money on maybe the, the wine. I want to have a particular type of wine. So take that with a grain of salt. Don't think that's the gospel like that you have to say, oh my gosh, I got to put more towards the flowers. I know you don't. That's right. That's just a, that's a very general starting point is what those are. It is. And what it does is it guides you on what in general vendors cost, right? So that you have an idea going in like, oh, okay, if I have a hundred guests and I'm looking to feed this hundred guests, this is maybe the range I could be looking in. Um, But like he said, it's going to be different for everyone depending on the things that you want or don't really care about having at your event. So the first thing you want to do though, uh, we'll start from the beginning is really figure out the one factor that can make or break your budget. And that is how many guests are you having at your wedding? And every other decision you make downstream from that will kind of tie back to the guest count. So, uh, and I know it's really hard at the beginning also, Mm because you're like, I don't really know, but you need to start that list. Your A people that are going to come for sure. Your B people that you want to come and then C people that would be nice to have. You said that's what people do. Right. Um, Kind of go from there. Uh, But that is going to drive your 
your venue for sure, right? It like is. Some, so- some venues don't have capacity for 300. And if you're bringing that many, you're going to automatically be out of some of the venues that uh, don't have that space. Right. And so what can also be helpful is figuring that guest count out before you even go look at venues, like he's saying, because if you go look at a venue that has a large capacity, like a large ballroom, and you only end up having 75 guests, what ends up happening is that that space just looks huge and empty. Yeah, it just swallows up your guests and it just looks, right. yeah. So it's helpful to know how many guests you're trying to fit in the space and then go and search for venues. There are places that have movable walls. You can do pipe and drape, but that's a whole nother mm-hmm. undertaking. A lot of venues don't have that flex space. So, uh, uh, yeah, so it's great to know at least a ballpark, like meaning like 150 and it ends up being 175. That's usually doable. That's manageable. usually something that that mm-hmm. kind of flexing is going to happen. Um, or the other thing can happen where suddenly like, you know, people just a few people dropped off. That happens a lot as well. Right, right. And so when you're determining your guest count, as he mentioned as well, you can start a list of, you know, of course, your parents, grandparents, siblings, close family and friends. And then you can have a B list where you have the people, you know, maybe your cousins or other people from out of the area that you can start filling in those numbers. But the reason the guest count is so important is that it affects everything else, not just the venue, not just the space, but as you can imagine, it's going to affect how much food you need, how much booze you need, how much tables you need, and then the decorations for each of those tables. Um, you know, so all those things go up in price when you add more people. And it's, I mean, just think centerpieces, floral arrangements for the, the linens. Are you doing chair covers? You have more chairs. Suddenly now you have more chair covers. It all just kind of... Mm-hmm. It really adds up pretty quick. But of course, the food and the booze is the first thing people think about. So Absolutely. And that's another thing where people talk about whether kids are invited or not. Uh, there are a lot of times it is a grown-up event and kids are not invited. Uh, they're also part of the family. So I get that too, where you're like, yeah, this past wedding I had, there were almost 40 kids running around. And it, yes. was, it was a lot of fun, but it was a very different vibe. Um, but you got to feed the kids too. So if people are pushing back and saying like, what? You're not bringing kids? How could you not bring kids? That is a great little get out of jail free card for you to say <laughs> it is expensive. We have to pay for their chair. Now their tables are more. You have more tables, you have more chairs. And even if it's a kid's meal, they're not giving away the kid's meals. No, that is not still free. on your invoice for yes. 40 kids that got to eat. Yes. So sometimes that will actually be um, a good argument for those folks that maybe are upset or disappointed because that comes up a lot. Honestly, like we're on social media and there's this big back and forth about if you should or you shouldn't have children at your wedding. And really, it's not anyone else's decision, but y'all's. And you make that choice based on a number of factors, whether it be the budget, whether it be the vibe you just want for your event. Um, but you went to your cousin's wedding and all the kids were out of control, crazy. And you're like, that is not happening in my wedding. Cause it does. It, it happens. Honestly. I mean, as event vendors who have been to hundreds and hundreds of events, when the kids are there, it's a different atmosphere. Uh, This past one, the kids, uh, sometimes they're great and well-mannered. Sometimes they're out of control. And this past wedding, I don't remember which one it was, it was a while back. And they were like, these kids are how awful I go. Is it the kids? (laughs) <laughs> or is it the parents that are awful? Because this whole, it takes a village and you just let the kids run wild. I know. That is, it happens a lot. I'm like, okay, they're going to knock over one of the servers. There's going to be food everywhere. Or they like play under the cake table. That always gets uh, me. I'm like, there's a five-tier, very expensive cake over their head. Yes. Ooh, let's and the parents not play are like, there. yeah, look at Billy over there. Like, no, no, you should probably go get Billy. Maybe no, that's yes, what you please should. go get Billy. So 
we got off on a little tangent there, as we do. A child tangent. A child tangent. First of all, I love when there's kids there. We have three wonderful kids, and I love it when the kids are there. But yeah, it's another whole. It's a different. Absolutely. Sure. When it's your wedding, you make that call, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And as we can bring it back to the budget, you add the children, you add some cost. So once you've determined your guest count or a general idea of how many people are coming, you can go and you can look at venues. The thing that will come up that will affect your budget when you're looking at a venue, uh, there'll be a few factors. The day of the week. So if you're looking at a Saturday in a very popular month like October, for example, here in Texas, uh, that is prime real estate for weddings. And you are going to pay top dollar for those Saturdays. Um, because everybody wants to get married on a Saturday and the venues know they will fill those dates so they can charge mm -hmm. the premium. If you're looking at like a Friday or a Sunday or an off month, um, you can definitely save some money there by looking at different dates. A lot of venues have in their brochure, they will have, here's the Saturday price, here's the Friday, here's the Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, they may not list a Tuesday wedding, but we do, we've done it a wedding happens. every day of the week. Uh, but it's, uh, every venue is different. They may have just, here's what it costs regardless of the day. So uh, every venue is going to be a little bit different. Um, but you should ask if you're doing a Thursday wedding, for example, mm -hmm. say, well, it's a midweek and not just with the venue, but with the vendors, any vendor ask if they have a discount for a midweek um, or any discount. Are you a nurse? Are you a first responder? Are you a teacher? Are you military? Uh, Doesn't ask hurt to ask. They were making fun of me because I like to give discounts, but... <laughs> He does. Uh, I, I told him that there was like a rock collector discount. If so, well, which we don't. Just to say, Disclaimer, we don't have a rock collector a rock discount. But I was former military, so of course I understand that lifestyle. I taught for a while too, and the teachers were on the front lines, a different type of front lines. But man, that is a they earn their pay there as well. Um, so uh, nurses sometimes the nurses don't get it, but the first responders do. And I go, well, the nurses are taking over. They just bring them to the the hospital. Like, when do the nurses get it? So. Uh, ask if there's a discount, whether it's midweek or a particular background or profession that you have. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a great way to kind of nibble away at the budget for sure. Absolutely. And so when you're looking for, you know, saving some money in the venue category, a lot of times people will bring up like, oh, this venue is less expensive. Um, but what are you getting from the venue? Right. So this is a huge piece. If you look at your venue and all they do is hand over the keys and you fill in everything else, right? So you've turn got the to, lights off when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to bring in tables, chairs, staff, you know, decorations. You've got to move everything in and move it out. Like that is a different experience and you're going to pay a different amount for that, of course, but you're also going to have to pay on the other end, which means you're going to have to rent those items. You're going to have to pay for the staff to come in. Um, you know, so when you're looking at, pricing on venues. It's not always like apples to apples, right? Because one venue may include the bar service. They may include include a, a coordinator. They may include food. catering. Sometimes food's included. Right, right. So you may be paying a lot more at that venue, but you're getting so much more that it really isn't something you can compare evenly. It's absolutely not apples to apples. That is for sure. So um, most of the venues we work at, it's pretty common that you bring in your own caterer, you bring in your own bar, but they provide the tables and chairs. That's pretty mm -hmm. common, I think. Um, but there are ones, if you go rent the local hall down the street, they may not have tables and chairs. Yeah. Uh, the church banquet hall may not set them out or put them back. Um, so yeah, there may be staffing issues as another whole thing. Like It is because in all honesty, you could save maybe a couple hundred dollars on having your family and friends roll in the tables and chairs and then roll them back out at the end of the night. 
but it is such a difficult task when you're already taking on the wedding day. Let me tell you, the events that I've done where the family is going to help out, um, it's just hard because not only do people already have to get ready for the event and then they party and then they drink, then they have to put everything away, including rolling tables and chairs. It's just a lot to ask of your family and friends. It is. And they've been like you said, running around all day. They're really, they're tired. They're exhausted. They're drunk. They maybe already puked a couple of times. And now you're going to have uncle Charlie <laughs> trying to help. And he can't oh, even dear. stand up straight, let alone put a chair, stack the chairs. But we've seen it. I've seen it. The bride either goes in chains or she's still in her dress, stacking chairs at the end of the night. Right. And I'm like, it breaks my heart, you know, cause I'm like, I know that's not what you wanted to do, you know, but you want to go to an after party or something. So if it's 200 bucks to have someone else put away the tables and chairs, that it's is good, the best money you will spend your entire time to be able to just thank you, good night, and actually leave. And leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so it's just something to consider. You know, it, sometimes these things sound good, you know, when you're a year out, but when they're on top of you and they're on top of everything else you're doing, it, it really can hinder the whole the whole event. So and I don't think people appreciate the exhaustion after a wedding of 18 mm -hmm. months of planning and all the anticipation. And then you're yeah. finally done. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Oh, and I got to put these tables and chairs. Away. Yeah, why it's a I, lot. Why did I sign up for this? But it's a lot. So keep that in mind that it's not necessarily apples to apples. When you're looking at venues, look at the contract, look at what you're getting for the money, right? Um, so those are some ways that you can look at the venue perspective on what you're going to spend. I have a topic. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. And this is one that Serena and I kind of see differently, but oh. I, the first time I heard it, it was another DJ company that brought it up on TikTok, I think. Um, and I was like, wait, what was, at first I didn't understand what he was saying, but then when I get grasped it, at first I was like, that's a terrible idea. And then I thought through it and I go, you know, I, I, it's got some merit. So here's what it is. If you have, uh, like you start doing the math and you realize we can only have 75 people here because it is so expensive. Mm -hmm. And after you get your aunts and uncles and your cousins that you haven't seen for 10 years, there's no room for your friends. The people you work with, the people you went to school with, your sorority friends, whatever whatever the friends are, your, your girlfriends you grew up with, maybe they're in the wedding party. But there's a bunch of people that just can't come because it is too expensive to get that many tables and chairs and then to feed them all as well. However... If you get through dinner and you open the dance floor and then you've just got two and a half hours of party time, you could bring your friends then. The bar is still open and the dance floor is still going or just getting going. As a DJ, I'm like, yeah, bring in your crazy friends when the dance floor goes. <laughs> that's, that's what why I want you them to like, be like it. Wee. But no, but it's, it's, a, it's a thing. You end up having to bring your family. That's like they're in the A group and your friends end up in the C group and you can't find a way to get them in there because there's just no room. And yeah. the thought of being able to say, that's great. I said, hi to my cousins. You know, they're going to leave with my nieces and nephews or my, I don't know what they are. Second cousins. What is that? <laughs> Third cousins twice removed. I don't know. But, and then you're like, yeah, then bring my friends in. Cause I want them to be part. I want them to be there on my day, but I just can't. I mean, your friends might be offended. That's the big thing. right? That is why I have an issue with it. I feel like you might piss some people off yeah. by saying like, I get that. You're hey, sorry. You're not, right? Yeah. That thing, but it's either you're not invited. Or come party with me at the end of the night. And if your friend has ever been through this process, true, they would say, oh my God, yeah, I would. I didn't think I was going to be invited anyway. And you're just like, I, no, because it's too expensive. I can't bring you. And you're like, but you want to come drink and party with me after? And they're like, what? Open bar? Hell yes, I'm coming to your party. Oh, <laughs> heck yeah, girl. Yeah. Because if they think they can't come anyway, and then you give them like a, here's like the 
here's all I can offer you. Then, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I just, I don't, it depends on the friend and the people, right? Like if you can actually have that conversation with everyone that you're inviting afterwards, then maybe, but there will still be inevitably this kind of like, well, what, I'm not good enough to go to the ceremony and dinner. I mean, everyone has those people in their lives, but then you're like, oh, sorry. Well, then you can't come. And they're like, oh, but no, you can't come. I can't afford to bring you. (laughs) But if you're people at, at work and you're sitting around the conference table and you're like, so I'm getting married. They're like, oh, like y'all can come if you want to come in at like 9.30 when we open the dance floor. And they're like, oh, some of them might be like, wow, chop, chop, yeah. They're like, no, not you. Nobody wanted you to come anyway, Karen. <laughs> but um, but your friends, that like th- those people never get invited to weddings. And those are the people you probably most want to have come. That's, the, that's the conundrum right there. That's the dilemma. Okay. So, that, so that's your solution. I guarantee you there's people listening right here. Like I would never, like I, I know there's, that's, that's why I would say it's your day. Whatever works for you is going to, there's other people that are thinking like right now, their minds are exploding like greatest suggestion ever. Okay. There are people out there. If you're out there, make a comment. I was going to say, yeah, (laughs) if you're watching on YouTube. That's the best idea. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see how many of you think that was the best idea you've ever heard. I think it'll be less than he thinks. Cheers to the people that like that idea. Um, So yes, you can get creative with a lot of this stuff and that's one option for sure. I don't particularly agree with it 100%, but that's okay. Um, but some other things that come up as far as budget is concerned oh, are, are good. Get ready for these brides out there. They're going to love these ones. Go ahead. Sorry, go. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> you are go. excited. Um, how much do you DIY and how much do you turn over to the professionals, right? Because as we mentioned in the beginning, Spending the money on professional vendors is what is going to start to stack that budget, right? The benefit of having professional vendors is wonderful, but not everybody can afford that. So there are the options of having maybe someone who is newer to the industry, okay? So maybe a photographer that's only been doing this a couple of years. Um, they don't have all the references or experience. But super talented. Uh, but you they love might their still be yeah. talented. You can- <laughs> might still be- Well, we got to be honest, right? Because there you have to trust that what you're seeing from them is still what you're going to get. And we always talk about going with your gut too. Like if this person is communicating with you well, they are offering you, you know, to show you the portfolio that they do have. So you get some idea of what their work is and not even just in the photographer category. I mean, DJs, florists, all of those categories you can find Caterers. less expensive versions of everybody, right? But you have to be a little more careful and listen to those red flags if they come up. Well, and it's not even talent. Like uh, you might have a super talented photographer that has little to no experience, right? I mean, right. maybe they've shot sports events. Maybe they've done family portraits. Maybe they've done high school stuff, mm-hmm. but they haven't done weddings. Weddings are their own animal, yes. right? A bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah is its own animal. A quinceanera is its own animal. And if people are experienced in that category, you're like, oh, right away, you'll hear it in the conversation. You're like, oh, they 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 know what you start to see that competence and that confidence and that experience come out. So you might see somebody say, like, man, I like their photos, but maybe they're trying to get into the wedding world and maybe they'll be fantastic. But that's kind of like that. Do you roll the dice or do you go mm-hmm. with the person that's more expensive that does weddings? Same thing with a DJ. You could have a great DJ who's fantastic, but they have a drinking problem. <laughs> they can't oh, run no. their business. Maybe they are just, uh, they, they can't, and that's, that's not just wedding world, but you have 
the experienced people, but they can't, the business, the communication is awful. Mm -hmm. So that all will come out as you're going through the, the process. If you find somebody on social media, that's a, a friend of a friend that but doesn't, does, doesn't do it full time, it'll be much less expensive. But, but you're rolling you're the rolling dice. dice. Exactly. And hopefully they don't find something better to do on your Saturday. And you get a call the day before like, oh, no, I, I forgot to tell you. But I, well, I'm, and that's exactly I what I, I was going to say is one of the tomorrow. biggest red flags is like no contract, no commitment to your date. Because the ultimate like loss in all of this would be if the person falls through Bails. for your event. So it happens. We get calls all the time. Somebody's like, we need a DJ on Saturday. I go, this Saturday? Like, we've been booked. Not on this all Saturday. the time, but we it, have it, gotten It has calls. come up where people have, or you hear the story. Somebody, you do. Somebody bailed. Somebody, uh, It's and it breaks your heart because you know how much effort has gone into a wedding. Exactly. And you don't want that to happen. Yeah. We're so, not trying to scare anybody. Just no. go in with your eyes open. And that's, that's the exception, not the norm for sure. Right. And so when we're talking about also like, finding a more inexpensive way to handle your vendors. You can also DIY. You can do a lot of projects. Like when it comes to your decorations, your floral, you can do your own centerpieces. Another resource that I really like to throw out there for my couples, for my brides, um, is like resale groups. So This is what I thought you were going into before when I got excited. Like this is the part I'm like, people, oh. like, what? You can do that? So here's the part that I was excited about. Go ahead. Ready to go. Okay. So as, even for th something like your dress, there is mm -hmm. a group uh, or an app, excuse me, called Still White, where brides sell Still and White. buy their used dresses. Um, sometimes they maybe chose a dress and then decided against it and they have it and it's new and they haven't even worn it, but they're reselling it. I mean, there's just a lot of really great options. Or Anyone the wedding didn't happen. Uh because that happens too. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. you're halfway through this thing and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't. Yo, you're a douche. Oh, I didn't know that. So let's <laughs> call this thing off. <laughs> what am I going to do with this dress that I spent on the Better then than later. So yes. let's just put that out there. But the other thing is in your area, if you haven't yet, maybe join a local bride's Facebook group where there are brides that have recently gotten married. They're selling all their hurricane, you know, glassware for the candles. They're selling signage. They're selling. I mean, you can get a lot of stuff very inexpensive and then resell it yourself again after the event is over. And people go nuts on some of this stuff. They have a whole garage full of wedding stuff. And they're mm -hmm. like, what am I going to do with all this? And they just, they may have spent top dollar for it. It could be the most custom stuff ever. Right. And they were willing to just like, do me a favor and take it. And yes. you're like, thank you. My gosh, I just saved thousands of dollars because you had all the signs and the table numbers. Right. Or the Linens. motives, the candles. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much. Right. If you're willing to put in that work and you don't mind purchasing it and then reselling it yourself, it is a great option for saving some money there. Um, and those are the kinds of things that I am kind of an advocate for when it comes to DIY. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are some be. things DIY that I'm not as much of an advocate for. Um, those are the DIY. Yeah. Like Why some of the I bigger projects can become really huge undertakings for uh, the client or the, the couple. Um, and also the food, like that is a, I don't want to, the pun here, but recipe for disaster sometimes. Like if your family's doing the food or, you know, you don't bring in someone professionally and you're trying to feed 200 people. And in an hour. Yeah. There's not the staff. It can just really bring down your event. So that's the reason you pay more for professional event caterers that know how to run an event and run a meal. For that amount of people. It, yeah. I've seen, I mean, I have one in my head in particular where 
father of the bride said, oh, I'm going to do the food because I love the barbecue. And you just don't quite realize. How Here's much? another pun. He bit off more than he could chew. <laughs> but uh, he was just running around stressed. We were behind. He was like sweaty and like run. He was like, oh, he just wanted it to go well. Yeah. But it's like, but dude, you're the father of the bride. You should be a guest, right? There's a, there's a point where you want to be a guest mm-hmm. or mom. If your moms are out there helping and you're trying to do it all yourself, uh, have somebody help, right? Get some right. help. Call in the cousins, call in the, the bridesmaids, something that can help with all that stuff. So. Yes. So that's the one piece, like, again, the food and the budget, like if you can put a little more money towards feeding people with a staff, that is definitely going to ease your timeline, ease your stress. I I guarantee you. But Uh, you may have a family member that is a photographer or is a DJ. I DJed all my sisters. I have four sisters. I DJed all of their weddings because one, I'm not a good guest. Not at my sister's wedding. And <laughs> I can my only imagine. It was really hard. I packed up all my stuff. This was a long time ago. I packed up all my stuff and crushed it around my t-shirts and stuff in my suitcase and brought it all there and piecemealed it together. But um, but it was a great event. And like I said, I knew my family. I brought the music, of course. But uh, uh, you may have a family friend that can fill in some of the gaps. But again, you can get that can bite you too because yes. maybe they don't. You're like, We're oh, they're doing looking- it for nothing. And you're like, okay, but you're going to get nothing out of it. Right. We're just looking at all aspects of that, right? So there's always a way to look at something and save money. But then what are you not getting because you're paying less, right? And is it worth that to you? Um, The other thing, a question just came up on our TikTok recently. Someone asked, what is the difference between a wedding planner and a wedding coordinator? And what do you get from like either category? And even though this is my industry and this is what I do for a living, I absolutely understand that not everyone wants or can afford a professional wedding planner. Um, And what a wedding planner does normally is they'll take on the client sometimes from even before they get the venue and they will guide them through that whole process. They'll help them select a venue, vendors, And then, of course, as the day gets closer, they do the logistical pieces as far as the timeline, help with a floor plan. They'll do a walkthrough, rehearsal, day of coverage of your event. The coordinator is the piece where I really start to say, like, there's this push for, like, do you need this? You really do. You need someone. And maybe it's not a professional. Okay, maybe it isn't, even though that would be ideal. But somebody has to help guide the day and get people to where they need to go in a certain manner that doesn't totally screw up your whole timeline so that you have no time to dance or no one knows what's happening. Right. Oh, and here, let me paint the picture. If the bride is the person behind the scenes and has it all planned out, she has the timeline. She's the one doing it. When the big day comes and you're about to go down the aisle, the bride is tucked away. You're out of there. Cause you want anyone to see you in the dress. Usually. Okay, this is just, I'm speaking generally here. So, right. but the bride is tucked away. Everyone is showing up and all these conversations like, oh my God, I haven't seen you. Is this Billy? Oh, you're so big. Look how big you are. I haven't <laughs> seen you since you were in Vipers. In all these conversations, people are catching up and it's just this gaggle. There has to be somebody there to say, if you're going down the aisle, please come over here. Everyone else, please get a seat because five minutes will turn into 20 minutes mm-hmm. in the blink of an eye. And that's 20 minutes of your event that's gone. And mm-hmm. if you're not, and man, if you have a planner, especially one that's got a strong personality, like, okay, people, let's go right. get the wedding break. We need grandma. I'll go get grandma. You guys stay there. Everyone else grab your seats. I mean, you really have to have, and that's where the professionals come in. We know we are paid to make sure that this thing is, is moving and grooving. Yes. And uh, everybody is in involved. I mean, 
if it's just me, sometimes out on the coordinator, before I do anything, I'm like, get the photographer, get the videographer, check with the caterer, make sure they're ready to go. Cause right after I do these introductions, we're going to announce dinner and I'm going to tell people where to go. And, but if they're not ready, they're like, they're in the back, like waving their hands, like, no, 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 no. Like, no, we're not ready. So everyone sit back down and we'll see what's going on. Right? So it, it all just nibbles away at your event. And before you know it, you're like, well, we just finished dinner and thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> no. And we're not it, it, by all means, like everybody has a different ability to afford different pieces of this or not. And as I was mentioning, you know, even in my position, like this is what I do. I understand that not everyone wants or can have somebody in a professional in my position. But if you can't, if you can't hire at the least a coordinator to come in towards the end of the event and help you with the timing and then run the day, ask someone for help. Because as he mentioned, it shouldn't be you. It shouldn't be you trying to also be the bride and run your own event. It really does not work. And then you know who picks up the slack? Mom, your sisters, you know, your aunt. Um, those people who also should be guests end up trying to do everything for you. And they don't enjo enjoy the event either. Yeah, but I mean, they love you and they want to help, of course. And uh, and again, if it's not in the budget, it just just be prepared to to not be the only one that knows everything going on yeah. because uh, you're just not, you're not right in the center of it all the whole time. You're tucked away. You're getting pulled outside for pictures. People are going to be, you know, who's starting the food while you're doing pictures with the family. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, there's a lot of things that are happening simultaneously and need to be happening before everyone else gets there. And so there's just, that's where the professionals really have got it dialed in. But one thing that also with a planner versus a coordinator, a lot of times the coordinators show up, Nobody can parachute in the day of your wedding and have an idea of what the heck is going on. So usually a, a, a coordinator, the day of a coordinator, it's a bit of a misnomer. They're usually there at least weeks in advance and in 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 before the event, just to make sure all the vendors are dialed in, check yes. the contracts. Like she said, do the timeline, do the floor plan, do the walkthroughs. But if you both work full time, you have no time in your schedule and you don't have any desire to plan your wedding, you want to get married, you want it to be beautiful. You have no desire to be part of it. That's where the full scale planner a lot of times comes in. So like, hey, tell me who I need to hire get the things, do the work for me, and I'll just show up and look pretty. Right. And that is the, I mean, in a nutshell, the difference. There are a yeah. lot of other nuances. Oh, and sure. every company, every planner is going to offer different things in different packages. Mm -hmm. But as far as a, just a snippet of what the difference is, that's it right there. So as far as your budget is concerned, we mentioned this at the beginning, but we'll kind of reiterate it. You're going to want to look at what is important to you as a couple. Like what are the things that you're going to prioritize? Is it the food? Is it the party? Is it the flowers? And then you can start to build even before you pick your date, even before you pick a venue, um, a basic budget of what you can and are willing to spend on the wedding. I, it's very flattering sometimes because uh, some people, they, they want a party. That's what they want. And the party sometimes falls squarely on the DJ's shoulders. I've had people that were like, Dominic, you were the first one we booked. Once we had our date, we we're like, <laughs> we want to get the DJ because we want to one, make sure he's available, and two, make sure that that was like the vendor that was our most important thing. And uh, which is again that not for other people, but for some of my clients, and it's very flattering because they're like, we hired you first. And the thing I always tell people if they're like, yeah, we're we're thinking just having my uncle with an iPod plug in. I'm like, okay, I mean that's the same thing as far as the music that's coming out of the speakers. However, if you bump into a cousin two years after your event. Serena knows what I'm going to say. I say this I think time. you've said it on, on a podcast already. <laughs> what are they going to remember? You're going to have that cousin's like, oh my God, the Shafari chairs, right? I mean, people are like, oh, we got to upgrade the chairs. I'm like, 
you can, if it's in the budget, you can, of course you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can have butterflies released at your ceremony, but it's, mm-hmm. it can be expensive and be time consuming. But, but may, what do you want your guests to remember? Do you want them to say like, man, the food was good. Oh my God. The bride was beautiful. It was such a, they'll say the that regardless. Was beautiful. But- yeah. The floor was amazing. But do you want them to say like, man, that I party at your wedding? Uh, because maybe the, maybe you just want the party. So that's what I was kind of getting at when you say like, where, what's your focus? Start there saying like, we don't care if we go to the local grocery store for the flowers. We want the DJ that's going to like bring the party. Right. Right. Or maybe you want a band. Maybe you want, you know, maybe you want the three course meal, which is going to be more expensive than a buffet. Generally chicken's going to be cheaper than steak, all that stuff. Talk to your vendors in that category and see where you can cut corners. Cause they've been down that road too. Absolutely. They can say like, well, you can do this. This will be less expensive. Cause we help people all the time with that. Like how mm-hmm. can I, how can I navigate those waters and get the most for my money? Cause we're doing, cause you can tell them, well, him and I are the couple we're paying for this ourselves. Daddy Warbucks ain't writing no checks. So, right, right. so we understand that on our side too. So we ask do. your vendors, what can we do? <laughs> That's one thing to just for sure, not just for the budget, but how can I, how can I help? How can I do this for less? I guess. Yeah. And something that's also helpful that I tell my clients is write it down, like have it written out so that you have something visual to look at and keep track of, Um, you know, otherwise it can get kind of chaotic in your head and overwhelming, just like wedding planning in general is overwhelming. The budget piece can get really stressful and overwhelming. So if you can write it down and organize exactly what you expect to spend and then start adding in those costs as you go, it will help you feel a little bit of peace with your decisions. Um, The other thing that I always like to mention is take breaks from it. Like don't be constantly looking at wedding planning if you have the option. (laughs) Wedding planning goes in peaks and valleys, okay? So there'll be a point where you're, especially initially, you're picking the date, you're going and looking at venues, you're buying your dress, you're you know, picking your bridal party, all that stuff happens. And then there's a little bit of a lull. Well, enjoy that lull, put the binder aside (laughs) and sit back and just say, I'm not going to think about it for, you know, a couple months, or I mean, excuse me, a couple weeks or a month or however long you can. And then you can dive back into it a little bit, but that allows you to regroup and actually enjoy the pieces of wedding planning that you do get to do. Yeah. And to manage your stress, because it is a stressful endeavor for sure. Whether it's it's really stressful, less stressful. There's going to be some stress, uh, maybe some panic, but uh, but you're not alone. Everybody goes through it because it is. It's a big day and it's a lot of moving parts, um, but you'll get there. I mean, it's just like baby bites, baby steps. Right, right. So we're going to end this podcast and say that we hope you enjoy listening to us or watching us on YouTube. If you don't know, we're also on TikTok as Wedding Duo. We're on Instagram. We have our website, which is theweddingduo.co. We offer virtual planning services and we have a shop now with a music planner that we just launched that's available. If you guys need help picking the music and also organizing it, this music planner may be exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. So check that out. We're going to end it as we always do by saying. It's a big day, but it's also your day. A wedding day is very personal. So don't let anybody talk you into anything that you don't want to do or talk you out of something you have your heart set on. When it comes to the budget, it's going to be your favors. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Your programs. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Those are the big two. Don't let somebody talk you into that if you don't want to do it or talk you out of it when you're like, oh, but I really want a cute program. And your cousin's like, girl, no, you don't. I'm like, no, actually you do. So do it. So do it. And it can be done inexpensively as well, just like all of it. So Yes, absolutely. So happy wedding planning, y'all. Happy wedding planning. We'll see you and listen to us next time.
Hey, so thanks for listening to our podcast. If you found any of this information helpful and you know somebody who may be engaged or is a maid of honor, maybe you could tell them and share it with a friend. Absolutely. So screenshot this episode, share it on Instagram, on Facebook, and tag the wedding duo. We promise to share the love back. Also, if you are interested in more resources or the show notes, you can go to theweddingduo.co. We have one-on-one virtual sessions, a shop, all sorts of fun stuff. Check it out. 